1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today is October 19th, 2018. My name is Philip Reich. I'm the expert in site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Here with you on a Friday and as you can tell by the lack of music, still without my computer. Uh, I apologize for the audio quality. I'm using my regular audio recorder for this, uh, and uh, I'm without my computer, unfortunately, dealing with some computer issues. I'm hoping to have it back in time to record Monday's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, also in jeopardy for this first week of the season. I will let you know online if that's going to happen, so be sure to follow us on our social media channels at Locked on Magic at R underscore OMD, and of course, at Daily. But I still wanted to make sure I came in here and gave you a podcast, gave you a couple of thoughts as we exit the first game of the season, enter the second game of the season, the Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets at the Amway Center on Friday. We'll preview that game. I'll talk a little bit about Steve Clifford and some of the things that we've learned about him at this early stage of the season. It's still very early, but still definitely some overarching thoughts to have about Steve Clifford. And really, uh, again, just just want to make sure that we talk a little bit about uh, Friday night's game as well. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you that you can listen to Podcasts of a higher audio quality on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On NBA podcast is growing and expanding by leaps and bounds, and it definitely should be on your must-listen-to list every single day. There's a different Locked On podcast host hosting it every day, covering all the major issues around the NBA and around the league Uh, on a daily basis. Locked On Fantasy Basketball also has you covered from the fantasy basketball perspective. And if you're looking to get the individual team perspective, just like you get here on Locked On Magic, you can check out all the individual Locked On podcasts. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes, just like you do for this podcast today. So the Orlando Magic and the Charlotte Hornets have a have not had a very competitive series of late. The uh, Charlotte Hornets, and, and a lot of this is Steve Clifford's fault, and I honestly could be one of the reasons that Steve Clifford is now coaching the Orlando Magic. The Charlotte Hornets have frankly had the Magic's number over the last several years. Um, in fact, the Hornets have now won 11 straight games against the Orlando Magic. The last time the Magic beat the Hornets was a crazy come-from-behind victory led by none other than Ben Gordon. The Final farewell of the Ben Gordon preseason revenge tour. Um, that was a, a crazy game. Magic, I think, trailed by 17 at one point. Ben Gordon helped. Ben Gordon, Gordon and I believe it was Willie Green, led a comeback. That's the last time the Magic had beaten the Charlotte Hornets. And in fact, in that time frame, there have been at least two games where the Magic lost by 30 or more points. For whatever reason, for whatever reason... The Charlotte Hornets just seem to know how to beat the Orlando Magic. They seem to know how to frustrate them and how to make life completely completely difficult and very, and very difficult for this Magic team. I think a lot of that goes back to the kind of principles and credit that Steve Clifford deserves for building up the Charlotte Hornets into the program that they've become, where they're just a very disciplined defensive team, where they uh, just simply do all the right things. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They make you make mistakes, and they take advantage of them, and really... Not a lot has changed about the Charlotte Hornets, even with the coaching change. Magic fans are familiar with James Borrego. I've been on Locked On Hornets before to talk about Borrego and, and some of the things that that he said. He's very similar to Clifford, and that he's a defensive-minded coach. Um, I think the Hornets will try some different things offensive, offensively, uh, to add in a little bit more movement. But having watched, uh, I watched their game against the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. Um, they, they play the Bucks on Wednesday uh and and it it's still a very similar team and, and the Hornets I think are still like the Magic in many ways getting used to their new coach and what their new coach is asking of them and and like the Magic they're going to need a lot of guys to step up and play and support uh their main guys but you know the one thing that Charlotte has that Orlando does not is Kemba Walker. Um obviously if you haven't heard by now Kemba Walker scored 41 points in the season opener against Milwaukee uh you know had a chance to win the game in the fi- in the final moments with a layup that just missed. Nicholas Batum missed a three-pointer at the buzzer. But, you know, it, it was a one-point win for the Milwaukee Bucks. But honestly, it was a game that the Bucks really had control of throughout the game. And, and the big reason why is that Hornets team goes as Campbell Walker goes. Kemba Walker scored forty one points, a lot of that coming in the third and fourth quarter in the second half. Milwaukee Milwaukee led by as much as seventeen in this game. It really looked like the Bucks were gonna run away with the with the game, run away with the victory. And Charlotte came back because Kemba Walker came alive, and when he came alive, that's when he found other players uh, on passes, on assists, and and on drives and dishes, and, and all the things that Kemba Walker is really, really good at, but first off, he's good at scoring. When he's not scoring the ball, when he's not in the game, Charlotte is just really struggle. Charlotte's got a lot of problems. And, you know, Nicholas Batum is just unable to pick up the slack as a creator. Um, Malik Monk just isn't there. He's better than he was last year. He's getting a little bit more freedom and opportunity, but he's not there and certainly not there defensively either. And I think that's that's a big reason why he didn't play last year at all, uh, very much at all, uh, under Steve Clifford. Um, You know, Tony Parker does add a different dimension he's another creator i I think they'll play parker and walker together some and that's going to add a different dynamic to that team and make them just a little bit more difficult to cover i think parker helps set up a lot of their guys but you know outside of marvin williams outside of um some of the other guys this just isn't a team that has a lot of creators outside of kimball walker and okay two might have a big game here and there. Um, you know, Cody Zeller can be a little bit difficult to handle because he's just a hus- hustler. Um, you'll have a lot of guys who um, just can... You know, fill in their roles really well, but they need that pivot and that fulcrum. And that pivot and that fulcrum is Kemble Walker. And in that way, Charlotte really hasn't changed very much. The problem with Charlotte is they lack that secondary creator. That was what Nick Batum was supposed to be when they brought him in and signed him to the big contract. They don't have that secondary score to relieve pressure from uh, what Kemble Walker does. And so Kemble Walker literally has to do everything for that Charlotte team. Um, their defense. It, it, it's still very good. Uh, if you make mistakes against Charlotte, they will make you pay. It's not that they don't have talent. It's not that they're not good. But, you know, I watched Charlotte play and I watched Orlando play. And, you know, I'm going to be, you know, maybe I'm a little biased here. But I, I think that, I think Charlotte is a team Orlando should aspire to be in the same tier of the Eastern Conference with if, if you think Charlotte's better than Orlando. Which, which I generally do because I still believe in a lot of what they do. And I still believe in, in Kem- and Kemba Walker, certainly an all-star caliber player. So this is a good measuring stick for Orlando. This is a good measuring stick to say, are you going to take the next step and beat these kinds of teams? The kinds of teams like Charlotte who on their best days are certainly playoff teams and on more often than not are going to give themselves a chance to win. Um, are you going to be able to commit and play defense? Are you going to be able to stop a superstar? And, and Kemba Walker if you haven't noticed, is playing like a superstar, but he has to carry such a huge burden, it doesn't always equate to wins. Um, it, are you going to be able to do that? Are you going to be able to, to stop him and slow him down and make his life difficult? And that's honestly a very big question for the Orlando Magic because their point guard play is notably not that great. Um, I would say that the biggest weakness that the Magic had in that loss to Miami was their inability to contain Goran Dragic in pick and rolls. I think that, uh, he, did, especially very early on, he did a real good job uh, victimizing DJ Augustin a little bit, targeting DJ Augustin and Nikola Vucevic a little bit, uh, and and finding gaps and finding uh, easy ways to score. Orlando's going to have to really work on their pick and roll defense and uh, and and containing Kemba Walker, keeping him in the mid range, not letting him get into the paint, uh, but keeping pressure on him so that he can't find those easy passing lanes and kind of pick apart the defense like Goran Dragic uh, was was doing early in the game on Wednesday. So the Orlando Magic definitely an opportunity here, definitely a chance to build something and continue to. Move In the right direction, but obviously a lot of work to do as well. This is not going to be an easy game by any means. Um, You know, I think Charlotte feels disappointed. I mean, they played with a lot of energy to get back into the game down by 17 points to eventually have a chance to win it. Um, You know, it took Giannis. You know, I didn't think Milwaukee played particularly well, to be honest. you know, outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who seemed to like Kemba Walker, seemed like he had to do everything for the Bucks to to pull out that win at the very end after their three point shooting dried up uh, from the first quarter. Uh, so Charlotte's going to come in. I think they're going to be hungry. They're starting a four game road trip. This is the first game of that road trip. Um, going to be a very very difficult game, and of course a big one for the Orlando Magic. I think to continue kind of going down the path that they're going down here or what they hope they'll be going down and of course the magic haven't started two and0 since the 2012 since the 2012 2013 season the first year of this rebuild when they beat the Denver Nuggets uh, and who they beat that second game they beat another team that second game they won their first two games that year um, when I think it was the Denver Nuggets and the Brooklyn Nets um, when they beat those two teams to start their to start their season um, it, it it, it hasn't happened in, in quite some time here, at least five at least five years now. So a two and zero start would be a very big deal for the Orlando Magic and I think a good opportunity for this team to begin growing in the right direction. The Orlando Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. You, of course, catch catch that on Fox Sports Florida. We'll probably skip over that game on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic with the Magic playing the Sixers on Saturday. Um, That's also a 7 o'clock tip. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida from Philadelphia. Um, So we'll, we'll definitely check out Orlando Magic Daily for the latest coverage of that game. At practice on Thursday, Evan Fournier, you know, was, was asked uh, and and said that you know Steve Clifford probably isn't going to say that he wants to win this game any more than any other game. But you can kind of tell he wants to win this game more than any other game. Uh, you know, anytime you play your former team, yeah, you do perk up a little bit. You do uh, pay a little bit more attention to the to these things. Um, but undoubtedly. This is a big game for the Magic, both, like I said, because of who they're playing and where they're trying to get, um, but also because of the connections between the two teams because, yeah, this is the place that, you know, kind of lets Steve Clifford go. And Clifford said at practice on Thursday that, you know, Things had kind of run their course. He kind of understood where, where, what the Hornets were doing. Um, you know, the team didn't perform to, to his expectation that last year, especially on the defensive end where they had considerable slippage. And it just kind of felt like it was time. I, I don't think anyone blames the organization for doing what they did in the end. But um, certainly, I think... There is a lesson in what the Charlotte Hornets did, and, and, and that's the big reason why Steve Clifford is now the head coach of the Orlando Magic. Um, you might remember a few years ago, uh, I think it was two years ago, I had the guys from Locked On Hornets on my podcast, on, on, the, on the Orlando Magic Daily podcast and Locked On Magic, to discuss the Charlotte Hornets. And I think some people would, you know, uh, this was certainly a sentiment I heard when the Magic hired Steve Clifford. Why are the Magic hiring a coach from a mediocre team to build their franchise? And, you know, I I think that's a fair point. I think that there's a lot of areas where Steve Clifford underperformed with Charlotte. But at the end of the day, the reason why I did that was because the reason why I, I was so high on that was because Charlotte, for all their flaws, did exactly what the Magic are trying to do they built from nothing and turned it into something without getting a lot of high draft picks. And not not ever hitting a home run maybe with their draft picks, Kemba Walker being the biggest home run they've hit, but never really messing up their draft picks either. I think you can only really say Noah Vonley. Um, and I think they got him in a trade. I don't even think they drafted him straight out. Um, they didn't really miss on any of their draft picks. They didn't get the home runs. They got singles when maybe they needed doubles. But they they drafted smart they built smart and they they became a a perennial playoff team and and I'm very I was always very high on them and I said, you know, last year I thought Charlotte was a for sure playoff team. I was wrong, of course. But the way they play, you know, the system that Steve Clifford built was very much caked into what they do and who they are as a team. They play defense, they don't make mistakes, they make you beat them and that's a reason that's the whole reason why Steve Clifford is here. It's definitely You know, the Magic are definitely hoping that Clifford does what he did in Charlotte, where he took a nine-win team and turned them into a playoff team. When he took over, they were a 25-win team. They won 45 games his first year. I don't think we're expecting him to take the Magic to that level. The Hornets, then the Bobcats, did get Al Jefferson in the process. They had Kemba Walker, who's a clear all-star. You know, the Magic may not be starting with the same deck of cards, so to speak. But at the same time, there's that belief that, yeah, Clifford builds a team that has a solid foundation and grows in the right way. So we've heard this before. No doubt we've heard this before. Frank Vogel was a guy who had experience coaching a championship-level team in the Indiana Pacers, could help build the Magic's identity. That didn't happen. Scott Skiles had a long history of taking kind of underdeveloped teams, pushing them to their brink, and getting the most out of them to, to make the playoffs. He kind of did that, got the Magic to 35 wins, and we never got to see what would have happened in year two. I think that's really a big reason why the Magic's rebuild has derailed so much is because they had to, had to switch, switch coaches and, and felt like they had to push all in when they switched that coach. And so, you know, a lot of the promises we're making here are sort of the same promises that have been made before that, you know, this is a coach that has a track record of building a winning culture and something that is seemingly sustainable. We all know that, you know, there's, there are roster problems that no coach is probably going to be able to solve fully. Even Wednesday night, we could see those roster problems. And when you have roster problems, the decisions the coach makes kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. You can pinpoint the you know different paths a coach could have taken that might have ended up in a different result when you know maybe it really is the players and and the talent level overall that's the problem. Maybe all that is a tad bit unfair too. But the idea here is that Steve Clifford's going to be different. So how is Steve Clifford going to be different? through the first month of the season training camp and now the beginning of the regular season players have said very consistent things about him in praising him that he's a very clear communicator expectations are clearly set out and clearly explained if you make a mistake the mistake will be explained and then the expectation is that you will correct it you will be held accountable to make to correcting that mistake And for a lot of guys on this team, they all said that wasn't always the case before. You know, I'm not gonna pretend to know and, and I think a lot of players tried to avoid comparing him directly to Frank Vogel, but I'm not gonna pretend to know how Vogel went about, you know, making adjustments. My sense was Vogel being, you know, a video guy, you know, that's that's how he came up in this league as a as a video guy. My sense is that Vogel waited for tape. To, to show and correct mistakes. And that was how he communicated best. And for a, a championship level team like the Pacers were, you know, a, a team that, that clearly was moving in that direction even when Vogel took over, that might work. It didn't work with a team that was starting from scratch, essentially, like the Magic. And so, in that sense, I think that Clifford is different. In that sense, Clifford works more directly with the players. He doesn't wait for the film. He corrects things on the spot. And that clear communication and that instant, instantaneousness is a different approach that I think the players are responding to, at least early on in the season. Again, this might be just conjecture on my part about how he relates to players. That's, that's what I'm observing and what I'm hearing you know, from what the players have said to, to the media. Certainly, there's already been a bit of controversy with Clifford. He was known throughout his time in Charlotte of shying away from rookies and depending on veterans. Well, guess what? In that first game, with about three minutes to play, Magic holding on to an eight-point lead. Clifford pulls Mo Bamba and puts back Nikola Vucevic in. He finishes with Terrence Ross and Jonathan Simmons on the floor. Um, uh, He finishes with Jonathan Simmons on the floor rather than Jonathan Isaac. All those decisions, you can defend them. Mo Bamba was tired. Terrence Ross pulled himself out of the game. He was so exhausted. You could tell Bamba was running out of steam. And yeah. Bomba was playing his first game. Vucevic has a little bit more trust, knowing what he can do, what he can't do, and and how he would play in those those late-game situations. This wasn't the time to kind of let it ride. It's a long season. One game matters, but it's not everything. And again, the comedy of errors that the Magic pulled out, not scoring in the final three minutes, not scoring a field goal in the final three minutes, you want to believe it's fluky. But of course, we've been through this whole process before. We've seen this play out before. And so Clifford was criticized, perhaps fairly, perhaps unfairly, perhaps justifiably, perhaps unjustifiably, was criticized for that decision to pull Vucevic or to pull Bomba and put Vucevic back in. I'm not here to tell you it was the right decision or the wrong decision. I think it was a defen- defensible decision. It clearly almost hurt the team, cost them the win. I would say to that process over results. We got a long way to go, and there's no reason to burn Bamba there, burn out Bamba there. Then again, who knows what would have happened? Maybe the Magic win by six. Maybe the Magic lose that game because you know Bamba still looked a little group definitely still looked a little uh looked like a rookie. At points of that game. But already you can see some of the dividing lines with Clifford. Yes, veterans get the benefit of the doubt. That's that, Right now with Bamba, it's about building trust. We're still learning who Steve Clifford is as a coach. We already know what he expects as far as the defense, as far as the execution, as far as all that stuff goes. We already know what he expects there, and that's what the Magic signed up for, was to get all that. But we're going to learn quickly how else he's different, and how else he is going to push and prod this team forward. Already it seems like the players are responding. Say what you want about the end of the game and some of the rotation decisions he made at the end of the game. I, I, I thought Clifford had a great game rotation-wise with the lineups that he sent out there. But say what you want about all that. It's undeniable the Magic played with a renewed energy and renewed spirit that we haven't really seen from this Magic team in a very long time. There are pocket pockets of it last year for sure, but if they can copy what they did Wednesday night from an energy standpoint, they will give themselves plenty of chances to win games this year. And that's a good sign. And I think you can credit that to Steve Clifford and the, and the approach he's taken. But again, it's easy to say that after one win. After the first game win and a win. We've said it before, in fact. We said it last year, after the Magic beat the Heat in much the same way, racing out to a big lead and holding on to the very end. And so... We're still questioning and we're still wondering just how Steve Clifford will make things different. It certainly looks like he can. It certainly looks like he will. But then it, but again, it's not always so cut and dry. It's not always so easy to do. And we will just have to wait and see if Clifford can deliver the same promise that he delivered for the Charlotte Hornets And then we'll worry if he'll deliver a little bit more. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philip underscore omd and of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic are back in action at the Amway Center wearing the beautiful classic edition jerseys, the blue pinstripes, uh, on Friday against the Charlotte Hornets. That game tips off at 7 o'clock on Fox Sports Florida. If you can't make it to the Amway Center, we'll have complete coverage of that game on orlandomagicdaily.com. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily for updates live from the game as well as on Instagram at Daily. I'm trying to spread my social media wings, so bear with me as I try to do these things. Uh, on top of that, we'll also the Magic will play Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. That game tips off at 7 o'clock as well. Be sure to—that uh, game will be on Fox Sports Florida from Philadelphia. We'll have a complete recap of that game as well on orlandomagicdaily.com, and then we'll talk about that game on either the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live if my computer is back in time on Sunday— or on Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. If you don't care for Facebook Live, just stick to your iTunes subscriptions or your, or your podcast subscriptions. It'll be in Monday's episode in full. I want to thank you all again for staying with me through, uh, through some of the audio issues I've been, I might be having because I'm using my recorder and my computer's in the shop. Hopefully my computer will be back Monday. We'll be back up and running in full by then. But until then, I hope you all have a great weekend for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rosman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.